Today, we welcome a very special guest, a repeat guest, the quickest turnaround guest for his two-peat. Welcome back, Chris Hottie. Uh, my head is spinning. It's so good to be back uh, here with you guys. Uh, I really love your podcast, and and I'm very flattered that you're you're having me back. Yeah, we're we're kicking off. You know, it's a little bit of a Chris Hottie month here. We're we're, we're going to be dropping before this episode a uh, our whole deep dive into Deep State. We're going to drop this one, and then I think we, you know, I, I then immediately went into Savage Road, and I'm going to start reading Insurrection Day. So we're we're just going to cover all your works. It, it's kind of nice. We we've been tackling these monumental twenty book series. Like you know, we couldn't just do all twenty uh, Mitch Rapp books in a month. But uh, you know, right. it's nice. You have this nice uh, short parcel trilogy with with the with the novella that it makes it sure. nice to to do this. Sure, absolutely. And today, so, just for listeners who aren't aware, we are going to spoil the books. So in a few minutes here, after a brief introduction, we'll give you a spoiler warning. If you have not caught up on the newest installation, Storm Rising, we are definitely digging into the details and will be spoiling that plot here with Chris on the podcast. So in about a couple of minutes, we'll give you that spoiler warning. But first, I just want to say what an incredible blurb and concept for this book on Amazon. The first mm -hmm. thing that pops up is, quote, nationally best-selling author Chris Hottie leads fans into the depth of a dangerous white supremacy conspiracy that threatens to tear the country apart in this propulsive new thriller. That is a propulsive topic right there <laughs> that you jump into. Yeah, especially considering uh, the past couple of years. So um, I'd like to say that uh, I have a crystal ball, but unfortunately uh, that is not the case. It was, it was uh it was a unique experience writing the book, uh, conceiving it just prior to the pandemic, and then really writing it over the course of 2020, which I think is going to go down, at least in the most recent history, let's say the last 150 years, is some of the craziest uh, events of a year. So the the it wasn't... Uh, it wasn't so much the book copying what was going on in the world as the world was kind of turning my highly speculative novel into the into subject reality. matter of op-ed pages in the Washington Post and The Guardian and New York Times. Uh, so, yes, it, it is it is topical. Yeah, I wanted to ask you because, you know, obviously, you know, this comes off the heel of insurrection day and uh sort of you know blending i guess continue on with that narrative and i don't know if you've had the chance to listen to the new york times podcast called day x but um that's about uh you know like the german nationalists so i, I listened to that a couple months back maybe in mm -hmm. november and so i was just getting you know vibes of you know obviously that you know in germany they're going through this as well and you obviously mm -hmm. touched that in the novel that not only in america but they have you know allies in other countries that they mm -hmm. have this whole plan so you mentioned that this came, you conceived of this idea before the pandemic. When did you sort of have, I guess, both from Deeper State to Savage Road? Did you have that all mapped out before you started this three book trilogy? No, not at all. I had, I have nothing mapped out. I'm, I'm about to deliver book four and I have no idea what book five is going to be, though. I've just recently started having little inklings of an idea. I know I've heard Jack Carr say he has, will have the next three books planned in his head and, 
that's that, that's one uh, uh, dissimilarity between us besides him being a, a former Navy SEAL and me being a former uh, Hollywood screenwriter. But no, you, you know, I, I come up with the ideas. They, they As I'm finishing up one book, I start to think about an area or a overall threat that I, I might want to focus on. And in this case, what I, well, let me back up just a hair. Um, as you know, I think I spoke to this before, um, what my books, at least so far, I can't guarantee that uh, I'm in book 20. If there is a book 20, I'll be doing the same thing. But so far, and, and I still continue to be interested in the threats that we present to ourselves as Americans and less uh, about the Islamic terrorist who's going to bring down Air Force One or any of the other kind of um, other potential bad guys. So I'm looking at American institutions and and uh, powerful Americans and corruption, whether in the private sector or the government, that pose a threat to our way of life. And those are those are air quotes for your listening audience. So with that mandate in mind, um, when I finished Savage Road and I was thinking about what next to write, I can't remember exactly what prompted me to search. It might have been an article that just crossed my Twitter feed or something like that. But um, there was there was discussion of a of a uh, a problem in the U.S. military with white supremacy and and white nationalist ideology, and it wasn't really a big problem. And I have friends who are in the military, and my dad was in the military, and it's not a prevalent problem, and it isn't today. But I I don't I don't think it requires too many people, active service people, to have those beliefs to potentially create some massive problems. Uh, and so that's, you know, when I saw that article, I thought, well, that's definitely fits within the Haley Chill mandate of the things that I'm interested in. I hadn't really done much examining of the U.S. military in the first two, two and a half books. So, um, I started to dig into it a little bit more and and found you know a, a handful of articles again this is in this is in January 2020 and I did not find that much stuff but like I said I I I work in the speculative political thriller realm I take things suggestions of ideas or or hints of conspiracies like the deep state uh and and solidify them and amplify them and take them to some slightly illogical extremes. And so, you know, I built out a story with, with only those, you know, handful of articles that I'd found and they were, you know, legitimate. Uh, they were like military publications. The Pentagon had, had organized a, a, um, a, um, with a poll, but, uh, um, investigation of the amount of, of, uh, of uh, that kind of ideology within the, the active service members and, um, and just kind of ran with it. And then as I 
as I started, as I progressed through the writing of the book, you know, very early on, the pandemic happened. And, and that certainly, you know, the pandemic brings out all the best in people all over the world. <laughs> I mean, generally, everyone runs around tearing their hair out and, and trying to beat the other guy over the head. Um, so that create that brought a lot of the of the uh, worst elements out of the woodwork, not only in the U.S., but all over the world. And then, you know, I think this is all all this stuff is tied together. Then George Floyd happened and, you know, the powder keg was was primed and right. and, you know, couple link that with with uh, the pandemic, with George Floyd and the protest and the riots the uprisings, whatever you want to call them, then, you know, now everyone is ready to be locked up in the asylum, right? And then we get to the election campaign, president presidential election campaign 2020, everyone's screaming at each other. And again, the worst kinds of, of uh, inclinations are, are encouraged. And, you know, I mean, I'm starting to not recognize the country that I grew up in. And right. it was yeah. <laughs> instead it was it was more, resembling more my highly speculative yeah. uh, thriller novel. Right. right. So very uh. peculiar, very peculiar, guys. So I think that answers your question. I, I think you were yeah. asking. Yeah. It's I before we get into like some some plot details. I know me and Mike had a couple questions. What the first was so this idea of you know Haley Chill, your your character you created. I, I think first of all, I wasn't on the interview. Unfortunately, I think I was sick. I don't know, probably COVID. Um, I think it was a kid thing. Uh, or yeah, now now I have four. I have another one since then. So, um, <laughs> but uh, it was definitely a kid thing. <laughs> with so, chris it, that's a safe bet <laughs> sorry um <laughs> this character i feel like this time around i don't think it's you know a spoiler to say that we we get a new side of Haley chill um i think we go a little bit more internal was that something that you wanted to do that you were trying to focus um on th this time around well you know i'd like to say that it was all entirely premeditated but it it, it was bound to happen because the book you know unlike the first two books the quest, the the journey, it is all instigated by her uh, search for the truth about mm -hmm. how how um, her father arrived at the startling situation that we find him in at the end of book two, Savage Road. So that's one part of it. I mean, it's it's going to be more personal. It's going to be more interior. Uh, and more emotional just by virtue of, you know, what foot she's starting out on. It just so happens that that, that quest for the truth about her, hus her husband, her father, ends up dovetailing with this massive conspiracy. You know, the other, the other reason why that happens is because, that, you know, that's the beauty of writing these serialized, slightly serialized, but... Uh, thriller series, you know, because you stick with the same character and the longer you stick with a character, the more you're going to learn about her or him. And unlike some franchise characters, you know, you know namely James Bond, who never seems to age a day, uh, I'm having Haley age in, you know, real time 
to the to the book series. Um, and I, I keep a careful chronology of the timeline of those books so that, you know, she started out in deep state at 25. And by the time we hit Storm Rising, she, I think, I can't remember, either late 27, early 28. So, you know, she's growing, things are happening to her apart from the job or a part of the job. And, you know, she just gets deeper, but it is really gratifying. I just, you know, before we started, I got a call from my girlfriend who's listening to Storm uh, on audiobook. And she said exactly that, that, you know, she, you know, girlfriends will always say nice things about your work, right? You know, <laughs> but um, when your mother's no longer around, but she really meant it. That's the thing that she pulled out was how much, you know, I seem to be getting deeper into uh, Haley's character and personality and her relationship with people and other women and stuff. So um, yeah, that's, that's, that's all good. That's good stuff. This is a great point to hit the pause button. We want to give a spoiler warning because you're dancing around a couple of key moments <laughs> in Haley's life and relationships. And I really, you, you, you did the hottie, you did it again. You, you, you <laughs> threw a twist at us, actually a few twists yeah, that just get the whole thriller verse talking. So spoiler warning right here. If you haven't picked up Storm Rising, came out May 3rd, I don't know what you're waiting for. Dig into it because I'm about to drop a bomb and I got to hear you know, from you. I think sometimes people say spoiler warning and sometimes I hear it and I go, oh, you know, yeah, what is it like? But these are fairly this seismic and it's quite yeah. fun to experience them in the raw, so to speak. You could almost say it's like state. sixth sense in 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 a sense, right? right? Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, those are those are fun. Those are super fun movies when they get you like that. Well, you did that to me. I, I I'm like, okay, do we go with the father's suicide, which actually turns out to be murder? We or so we believe. Do mm -hmm. we go with April? Well, first to me, before that, you you realize, I mean, that's in book two. It's it's a massive like triple twist because yes. um, uh, that's spread out over two books because he's supposed to have been killed ten years earlier and right and friendly fire friendly fire and instead she's been talking through the door or over the phone with her father and search for her father which I thought you know to be able to film that scene would would be so much fun where oh. she's at his house and he won't open the door to her because he knows that. She's going to nail him. And um, yeah, I mean, it was so much fun writing that that scene. And then we presume it's a suicide and then learn in book three the truth behind it and redeem Tommy Chill in a, in a major way. Thinking about your process, as you were saying, you're not much of a plotter who knows the entire book. How I, much I know do that you plan stuff. out the twist? You know the twist? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Oh, well, I take that back. There was, I mean, obviously Deep State, I knew that ending before I even started practically. Mm -hmm. um, I think, you know, come to think of it, I think I came up with that idea that midway through the process of writing that that Tommy Chill was, and I can't remember who's the name of the, uh, uh, the fellow soldier who, whose identity he took. 
I think that one actually came to me fairly late in the game. And I realized I could fix that and affect it by by changing very little. It all just kind of like neatly folded, like like folding clothes into a suitcase. So that was that was very good. And then with um, Storm Rising, obviously, I, I knew we're we're in like we're in like the grayed out period, right? Like people who have read the book, right? Oh, yeah, um, we're, we're I, deep into I, it. When did I, oh, I always knew that April, you know, I knew bringing her back because in my mind, you know, when I, when I wrote the ending of Savage Road that she had, would be dead, though I don't talk about it in Savage Road. So maybe I plan more than, maybe I'm not giving myself enough credit. <laughs> maybe I am thinking this stuff out because it makes sense. It yeah. all fits. Let's talk about the April one because. Chris and I were texting back and forth reading this of, wait, so she survived the car accident. And we thought it was really bad with Savage Road. Mm-hmm. And then she's sitting in the hotel room. And I'm like, if she's there, why is she not helping Haley? It, uh, yeah, the accident, she didn't die from the injuries. She died from infection. The complication, right? The bacteria. Right. So she definitely, I, you know, God, I haven't looked at Savage Road in probably two years, but. Um, is there a scene in Savage Road at the end where she goes to visit her in the hospital? I think there is, isn't there? There is, but I feel like you, you never know, you know, like, yeah, is it you never know. Recovery? I leave it open ended. Right. And then, uh, and then I, of course I revisit it in the, in the epilogue of, uh, of, of book three. And that was another, um, you know, amazing scene to write and, and that intimacy that, that April express. Right. to her at the end that was totally in the spirit of when i was writing it and it just kind of you you kind of start getting into a scene and and you really and that's what i mean about like as you write these things it's only in writing them that you really kind of start to get deeper and deeper into the character and so i had no idea that april was going to express that kind of affection for right or Haley until I was like writing the scene and then it all just made sense, you know, all that, that how they were competing with one another and, you know, that relationship. That that ending, it's a perfect arc from the, the broken fingers at the table in Ubley's training. It's right. I love how we've gotten their friendship to, they express, they love one another in a deep friendship. Yeah. And I just love how you, you tied a bow on that. Yeah, I, I, you know, the book three, Storm Rising, it's really, it's such an odd experience putting a book like that, you know, putting any book out in the world, you just don't know. Mm. And um, you don't know if it's going to hit the buttons. You know, you're pressing the buttons, you just don't know if they're going to make the right sounds and the right chords. And, and I was very hesitant about Storm because of a couple things, because of uh, the white supremacy in the military, and right. and you know I've I've met and made friends with several fellow authors, you know, who are ex-military, and I certainly don't, you know, I don't mean to offend them. I don't mean to offend the military service branches, and and uh, I just didn't know if folks would take it the wrong way. But I did make a, you know, I made a very conscious decision to have that. Uh, an American service person being the one who 
comes and essentially is the cavalry riding over the hill when Haley, you know, is 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 you know cradling her her right. swaddling nuke baby, and you know I think the gal the gal says something like I'm whatever I can't remember him Wanda Private Wanda Smith U.S. Army you know and that was I yep. really wanted to drive that point home that the people who saved the day are you know US military personnel and not you know not the deeper state or not some you know whatever uh, you, you pull that off you know what else sticks with me from that is how the soldiers who were actually on the convoys moving the troops yeah. into place were under the the guise that they were going to eastern europe and that they were yeah. actually going to fight for a cause they believed in and yeah. i loved how you you balanced the soldiers is, on the front lines were being used. What does that remind you of more recently? Ex exactly. Oh, exactly. The first the wave in Ukraine. In Ukraine, the, the, the right. Russian soldiers are like, we don't even know where we are. Right. And it, it's so weird. I mean, I don't, it's so weird that that echo came up in real life. I mean, it's very much what, you know, the same idea. I mean, I knew in, in conceiving the thing, you know, and aware of the sensitivities and aware of what I, you know, the ideas that I wanted to communicate and my respect and admiration for people in the military, right. whether rank private or, you know, brass hats. And so, you know, I made a decision, a creative decision to, you know, the only lower ranked personnel who seem to be involved in this conspiracy are, are intentionally you know, AWOL, deserters. They're not right, even right. like, you know, really kind of in any way respectable sh soldiers. And then we quickly start rising to the ranks the and, and, and get to officer. And there really was a, a congressman behind the whole thing, which we yeah. as the Mitrap pod, <laughs> we can get behind, you know, the politicians being the big bad, pulling the strings. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I named that guy after one of my one of my very good friends. So <laughs> oh, that's funny. Is he happy or, or was he upset yeah, that you I, made I him the bad guy? Yeah, I cleared it with him first. I said, hey, oh, okay. man, I want to put you in my book. And I think I'd rather be a villain. I think most yeah. people would probably want to be the, the villain. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> he hasn't. His wife is reading the book now. She hasn't. She's been introduced to him, but she hasn't gotten to really just how dastardly he is with <laughs> with the uh, gardener's daughter. So I don't know. We'll see how that goes. But anyway, I was I, I was going to say that the. You know, by and large, and it's still early days, but, you know, whether really diehard book bloggers or super fans or even just kind of like the first group of casual readers who are, who are you know, reviewing the book in whatever way, I've heard several times that they feel like they, they like, they think Storm is the best book, you know, for all the reasons that we've kind of been discussing, uh, I think, you know, the action, of course, is unrelenting, but I think more crucially, the emotionalism in the book, there's definitely a lot more emotionalism and um, and how much more we dig into Haley's character. I don't know. It's hard. I, I really like this book, but it, it's hard to pass Deep, uh, deep State. That, that, deep that, state one was, yeah. that one was so good. Yeah. Well, so what I had was a question, so great though. about that book was the ability to write Haley as an intern but right. of course that has to go out the window you know and and that could have been a potential pitfall of the series because you know for 
almost the entirety of that book, we think she's an intern. So will the charm and intrigue and familiarity of Haley Chill exist in future books when you when we just have to present out of the gate that she's an operative for the deeper state? I think but, that one also lasts, though, for your style coming on so strong and being refreshing mm -hmm. to thriller readers. I mean, whether it was what we dubbed doing the howdy, the uh, <laughs> flash forwards right, or yes. the twist at the end. I mean, these quintessential things, I think, are going to change the thriller verse. I, I'm waiting to see if either of those two moves get picked up by another author. It, like, yeah, I love the, the flash forward to see that. that in, in reference to like the flash forwards, is there ever a point where like, Oh, what was his name? The the firefighter, her Sam who, McGovern. Sam, thank you. You know, Very we good. we get the flash forward for him, right? And we we know that he was never going to come back into her life. Yeah. Is, you know, you're only in book three. Is there ever a thought where like, oh shit, I actually, what if I wanted to bring him back? I mean, do you feel like you can bring him back, or you? Oh no, you, I done. mean, I, I I locked him out of that. I mean, yeah, that's, that's those are those are the uh, rules of the that, of the universe I created. So. No, that's and, a big move. I, I, I got a little bit of shit from from uh, I think it was my agent about that and um, and the early reader. But, you know, I really dig. I, I really like his character a lot. But, yeah, you know, I think at least at this stage of of Haley's life, you know, she, in that book, she's 25, 26 it just felt too early, you know, right. maybe I'm like a dad, you know, who, who wants to, uh, but I particularly, I really love the, the, you know, the deputy in, in storm. I mean, yes. he was, yeah. And then you kill so him. Great. You know? Well, and, no, I, I don't think so. What? Deputy I, Gibbs. I, I was dead, trying right? to figure out, is it oh. clear that he's dead? I don't think so, Chris. <laughs> I know right. he took I the bullet to and it's like it. I, I like that guy. I like, I like him. Yeah. But I was I trying I, to think if he's going to be around. Yeah, I I that's a, that's an interesting idea. So listeners, you know, you might want to close your ears to that one so you're surprised in the future, but yeah, it could be. I really dig him. I, I thought he was such a great character. Uh, you know, Sam McGovern was a good guy, but I I I think Gibbs has a little more edge to him maybe it's just being you know kind of growing up in west texas and amid the the grit and 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 drug runners but um he was more uh, Haley speed i feel like yeah in a way in a way but you know she i've always conceived of her as being alone you know and that's right, why sure. i wanted She's a loner. To, that's why i wanted to create april Wu as someone who i could you know put her anywhere if Haley, anywhere in the world you know Haley can be on a rocket ship to the moon and and she'll look over there and there's there's April Wu cracking wise. You know, that that was an, another reason why I was um, really uh, stoked to, you know, go ghost on her, you know, because people really love that dynamic between those two. And I didn't want it to become like Haley and April saving the world. It has right. to be, you know, right. the more Jack Reacher-y kind of. Haley yeah, alone I was, deal. I was going to say that it it Haley Haley screams like a, a Jack Reacher esque. You know, it's yeah. You know, I mean, I, I notice other authors they really build out their their universe with characters, recurrent characters. Some sometimes those recurrent characters take 
center stage, you know, further down mm-hmm. the line, but that's fine. But I think it, you know, what I'm, what I'm doing is it, I'm always going for more, you know, kind of, I don't want to write soap opera. <laughs> sure. I want to write big ideas with each book. And I think it, it just needs Haley's, you know, kind of outsized bigger than life personality yeah. to, to, to fit in there and less about like, okay, well, in this, you know, in this installment of the Haley chill, you know, thriller series, Sam McGovern, you know, finds gold at the bottom of a burning building. And yeah. It, it also allows you to, if you do get tired or, you know, I guess fans are receptive of, of a character or, you know, you, you're just, you're done with a character. It allows you to just boom, you know, you can give someone closure to, to this character and then you can, you can move on from him, bring in someone yeah. else yeah, without having to give him like, you know, a crazy death falling out of a, a burning building. You know, you can just say he, you know, I, I yeah. thought that paragraph that you wrote of his slash forward was very touching and yeah, I thought it fit perfectly, but I, as I'm reading it, I was like, oh, wow, like we're never meeting him again. That's it. <laughs> but he still thinks of her. He still yeah. thinks I of did, her. I, I did raise, I did uh, ruffle some feathers with that. <laughs> That's yeah. funny. Well, it was an interesting take also that that came up shortly after, I believe, we had learned about the pregnancy. And I do want to get into that with you. Right. When that nugget was first dropped, whoa, my mind was racing of Haley as a mom. How would she deal with it? How would this work with Andrew Wilde and Publius? And I love throughout the book how you kept revisiting that. It was another way we got to know Haley on a deeper level. Mm-hmm. And I think we even we saw her grow in some ways mm-hmm. through that process. Yeah, and the well, she, she made that, that she decision. Made. I mean, when she first come when she's first confronted with the truth of it, with the reality of it, she's like, hell no. I mean, I'm I can't be a mom. I'm I'm right. I'm a deeper state operative. And then the the growth w- was, you know, she's con- going to be constantly dealing with it, this of like wanting to be a person outside of her role as a, as a deeper state operative. And, and so she made that decision at the end that fuck, I'll try and figure out how to, you know, be both, <laughs> you know, that Goldie, Goldilocks, you know, situational, I can I can be a mom and I can have a career too. You know, it's a it's a it's a dilemma as old as um, you know, women's suffrage. Right. Yeah, unfortunately, you know, we, we <laughs> yeah. see where that ends up. You know, you can't be an yeah. MMA fighter. You can't chase down the bad guys and save right. the world and and, and you right. know expect everything to be in perfect health. But at yeah. least we got to see her decision making through that process, and I, I was just, really glad where she came out in the end. I. That you're glad that she decided what she did. Yeah. I mean, it was really the only way. Uh, I, I, again, I'm, I'm, I, I want to, I want everyone to get behind my books. I don't want to piss off 53% of the, of the country with my dis- creative decisions. Only 47%. Or whichever side you're on. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> but uh, um, it's still a sizable chunk, but you know, I, I thought it was just the perfect choice to make because, you know, she doesn't take anything lightly. She's not a she's not a casual thinker and uh, she's hardcore in her thinking. And and ultimately making that choice is a hard choice. But and then, you know, the you know, the author gods delivered a, a slightly different fate. But um, 
you know, I haven't read enough. You guys probably have read a, a thousand more thriller books than I have, but I just can't believe that anyone has written a a espionage or political thriller in which the you know the protagonist is dealing with a pregnancy um while trying to save the world and so that was an early idea that i had i just thought like she's a woman of a certain age she's pretty promiscuous she has a boyfriend or whatever you know why not and it was another thing that i was that i had some anxiety about that was the i didn't finish my original thought about pursuing this notion of you know white white supremacists in the military was you know one that i was hesitant to to pursue and also um you know i mean look what's going on right now as we speak with the supreme court and you know people you know raising a ruckus outside the homes of supreme court justices this is a <laughs> you can't get a more red button issue than than this one and so yeah, you hit them all in this book i really <laughs> really i think i told mike when we when we when we were talking about insurrection day that book four i am avoiding all red buttons there's no you did <laughs> that's why i was confused reading storm rising I'm and like, that's and well that's but that's after having you know finished when when i was writing it you're full of gusto you know you're it doesn't like, seem too bad yeah but but the, always the same thing for as long as I've been a screenwriter, when you, when you finish the project and, and before you've started getting reactions, that's when the insecurities set in. And right. so I, 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 you know, it's like I said, it's early days. I have not gotten the really pissed off one star review uh, yet, but I'm expecting it because those are some pretty, you know, some people are just going to be really, I might lose people because, she even considered getting an abortion. Yeah, well, that's a bold right. move too. Yeah, so, right. You know, but that's life. I'm not. I don't just write random shit. Just yep. you know, to pass time in airport concourse. I mean, I I got it because I. You know what? I won't read those books. I, but if I heard that book described that Mike, you know, read the little synopsis there for, I would jump all over that. It's the depth that sets thrillers apart because. Chris and I on this podcast have always said, are these books going to be just beach reads, romance novels for military, CIA, espionage type people? Are they going to be throwaway junk or will they broach literature? Will they will they approach the status of art? And Mm -hmm. I think by you not shying away from things, Mm -hmm. you having Haley consider that and actually go to a clinic. Mm-hmm. I think you're showing real life in not a superficial way that a lot of thrillers could do. Mm-hmm. But what mm-hmm. takes the Mitch Raps to the Mitch Rapp level or or Brad Thor, Brad Thor to Brad Thor level is they, they take something and they get at the depth of it. Mm-hmm. And for, for Brad Thor, that's geopolitics. For you, I feel like it's it's Haley, it, mm-hmm. her against the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you don't do that, I, the book, I don't think it holds up. And I think you, by doing that with, current events with what Haley's going through with abortion, with a secessionist movement. I mean, I want to ask you that you were basically planning a secessionist movement. How do you even begin to document who the players are and how they're operating and and what the plan is? 
you know, when, when I was working on the research of the book, that was in December 2019, January 2020. And I had, I had gotten approval from the U.S. Army to go tour Bliss. Uh, naturally, I didn't tell them too much about, about the, the storyline of the book, but they were very nice folks. Uh, as most people are, I mean, 99% of the folks in, and anyone I've ever talked to in the military, all these former guys, former military guys that I've met through, um, you know, writing the books, whether they're established authors like Jack Carr or early ones, new ones, wannabe ones, you know, to a man and woman, they're all just wonderful people. But, you know, there's, I wanted to try and make it as credible as possible. And I, and I thought my idea of seizing the Permian uh, Basin oil fields uh, and doing some research about how much that is responsible for the world's, not just ours, but the world's oil production. I mean, it's phenomenal. It's number one. That seems interesting to me and plausible, you know, if someone could do that. It's big, but... You know, what I wanted to do was try and get as much detail behind the actual mechanics of a military uh, seizure of, of something that big. And so I, I reached out to a, a couple academic types at the at University of Texas, El Paso, because I figured they would be really good. You know, they're so close. They're, I mean, they're all and they're you know, there were some there were, you know, military experts on their on their faculty. But, you know, so I wrote very nice emails and just explained, you know, I thought I had some legitimacy. I just wasn't, you know, some Yahoo uh, writing, you know, from Venice, California out of the blue. It was, you know, someone published by a major publisher and, you know, very respectful and laid out this kind of like, I'm curious to hear how a possible occupation of of the Permian Basin by the U.S. military, how that might be affected, what kind of equipment would be used, the numbers, blah, blah, blah. And I got back nothing. <laughs> uh, really? And I never get, whenever I ask these questions, I never get anything back. You know, whether I'm asking a, someone, you know, very nice person at the CIA or NSA about, you know, for Savage Road, you know, they couldn't tell me anything. They couldn't tell mm. me, you know, I, I was like, how about like, you know, who, who are the people who man the the, the security stations at the gate. Sorry, I can't tell you that. That's not, you know. Gee. So, you know, one of the beauties of not being one of those former, you know, NSA guys or a former U.S. Marshal. I, I did speak to a U.S. Marshal for book four because there's a lot of uh, U.S. USMS stuff in that book, you know, and I and got to sort of the most basic kind of ideas. But when I asked things like, well, how many how many uh, deputies would be on a protection detail for a, a Supreme Court justice under threat? And he's like, I can't tell you that. So <laughs> I just I can make it up with impunity, uh, essentially. Right. I mean, you just use your noggin a little bit and common sense and and embellished a little bit here and there and, and hope for the best. Because you know what? They can't even come out and say, well, you're wrong because here's the real truth, because they can't say that stuff. So. That what interests me the most is not is, is the character and a surprising plot that keeps you on your toes and not an overwhelming uh, fire hose of 
detail and right. and gear. So, you know, I, I thought the way that I uh, choreographed that it all it all came together. It's just crazy good how this stuff comes together. We, you have a certain notion, and then you go, okay, how am I gonna how am I gonna affect this in a credible way and and still be fun and not boring and and usually, I, I think, not good. It it uh, it happens. Yeah, and I guess you know, talking about characters, one of the main characters of this book is is Texas, and you know, so we we get out of we were in Washington D.C. mainly for the first uh, two and a half books. You know, I'm I'm a D.C. guy. Yeah, just like um, Mike, but you know, I like to get, I like I like going to new places. Um, and so I I don't know is any you said you mentioned you started your research for bliss is there any other reason why you would want to why you picked texas you know is this an well, area that you you really you know connected with or just geographically I, I was, makes I sense? was born in texas for one okay. that's not really the reason why i chose it uh, i definitely wanted to get out of dc and not have her always be a dc character because you know those images and and the feel of dc is so familiar i think in deep state i did a pretty good job of kind of getting at it from different angles that we hadn't seen before. I got several comments about how I had described the kind of rabbit Warren aspect of the White House that people hadn't really seen before, you know, in the deli. I think Mike and I talked about the deli on whatever yeah. street that is. That and the key bridge. Yeah, and the key bridge. Yeah. And Georgetown. Um, but yeah. it's just kind of like finding new stages. And because I knew this book was going to be so dark and heavy and emotional, I I wanted a, a physical atmosphere that reflected that. And, and I just think those wide open spaces and oil derricks and grit and, and, you know, limitless horizons and thunderheads and all that stuff, you know, just kind of is catnip for a story like the one I, I came up with. And I had always, I think early on in conceiving of the, of the book, it was a marriage of, it was America. The structure comes from the movie Taken. Do you see it? You know, it's like that escalating, you know, uh, Liam Neeson's climbing the ladder of bad guys to right. get to, right. to find yes. his daughter. And each bad guy, you know, it's ascending order of badness. And it's hierarchy. like a video game. Yeah. Yeah. And like yeah. a video game. And each one delivers an, uh, a clue. And you have to come up with new ways that they deliver a clue. And and so that coupled with the idea when I originally conceived it as a, you know, as sort of like Haley Chill's Alice through the looking glass, you know, just kind of like in going into a, a, a different universe almost. And that things yeah. almost become luridly surreal, like the lake on fire and oh yeah, and the fighting. That's very, you know, um, it's very uh, apocalypse now. What was the source book for that? The original book? Uh, Conrad into the heart yeah, of darkness. Conrad, yeah. It was a uh, heart of darkness. Yeah. It was really, it was definitely a heart of darkness vibe yeah. that I was going for. And I, I hope I got that. I think I did. Oh yeah, definitely. And you even speaking of the expansiveness and the open landscapes, you give a nod to CJ box. It definitely yes. seemed some inspiration yeah. there. Yeah. I think uh, Gibbs talks about box. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Now that you bring up both taken and going through, the criminals and the clues. It's also kind of a detective story. Mm -hmm. And with the codex in the background of the secret code. Right. Oh man. I, I, you mentioned it in the beginning, I wasn't sure how Haley was going to use or come back to that. 
And by the end, I thought that was brilliant to use the, the what was that, the Texas Declaration? Yeah, yeah. I can't remember what year it was, 1832 or 42 or something yeah. like that. But It was like only a couple of years after they actually joined the Union, yeah. yeah. One of their I first did, I, uh, secessions. <laughs> Texas yeah. is always succeed, seceding, you know. It's <laughs> You have to figure out which one, but that was a major one. That the where they they really did kind of pull away, and it's been a while since I researched that whole thing. I can't remember how they were pulled back. I think it was the the def, uh, end of the Civil War that kind of put the kibosh on that whole mm-hmm. movement. So if the South had won the Civil War, I think Texas would have been not part of the Confederacy, but its own country. Much to the delight of Alex Jones, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, if the bad guys here were successful, the next book could have had, you know, the free state of Texas versus the nanny state of California duking it out. Could have had a battle of the first to secede. Yeah. I don't want to go that speculative. I don't, you know, there are probably lots of books like that, you know, that do, that sort of do the Civil War of America, the Second Civil right. War of America. Yeah, I, I'm I'm trying to keep it a little closer pulled into to reality. Yeah. And you All really right, so knock knock that out of the park, keeping it keeping it fiction, but also every single scene is, ooh, I, I could see how we got there. And and mm-hmm. the you know, the writing could be on the wall of how we can get there. Mm-hmm. I guess I, you know, you can't can't tell us too much, but you know, there I couldn't help but thinking of that one line at the beginning where um Publius wants to send her to London. Is, to London, is, yeah. Is, is that where we're going next, or are we staying local? No, uh, believe it or not, she's going to Hawaii. Oh, uh, okay. In book four, and you know, it seems I wanted to send her someplace that seemed really unlikely. You know, she seems like the least likely person to want to go to Hawaii, and she doesn't want to go to Hawaii. She hates the idea of Hawaii. She's never been there, obviously, and. And considers her only awareness of it is from, you know, bad TV shows and advertisements for cruise lines and stuff like that. And it's really completely contrary to her, her um, aesthetic as a West Virginia girl. Um, but she goes there on assignment. And what I can tell you about the story, why, she, why Hawaii? It's because the fourth book involves the Supreme Court and, and, mm-hmm. um, not specifically the court, but she goes there at, to be a part of the protection, excuse me, the protection detail of a Supreme Court justice who is, has a home there and is, is uh, staying there over the Christmas holiday. And wow. there is a threat, a very real threat against one or more Supreme Court justices that she needs to thwart. This one, huh. the fourth book, you know, like I said, I was a little, I was somewhat depleted and exhausted by the emotionalism and the and the red buttons of book three and i so what i wanted to do my mandate for book um book four was to write just a real pure thriller um so yeah it's it's i've had a a few people my earliest uh, readers read it and and they all said like wow this one really is a is a page turner a real thriller I did have one more question about Publius. We we get this, you know, interaction between her and Andrew Wilde, where he seems to be, um, she know that he's a he has a wire a, a wire on Andrew Wilde, sorry, and um, he 
gives her the orders that she can continue but actually he's in what he's saying is that she can't continue is is there a rift within publius is is someone in the deeper state like working for the deeper deeper state like is we, <laughs> well, are we supposed I, to am i reading too much into this or i mean that i haven't done a lot with andrew wild i i describe him a little more fully in book four but not much you know and and um you know, the possibility of a bad element within the deeper state is certainly, you know, a, a, an arrow in, in the quiver that I, you know, can choose to, to shoot eventually. But, you know, right now, I, I still really like the idea of, you know, kind of an adult fairy tale, you know, like right. Santa Claus and Easter Bunny for adults who are worried about the country and that, like I am. <laughs> and, that there, you know, the possibility that the Publius could exist and and be out there with no skin in the game except for their desire to see things, you know, good, that the country do good and not benefit one side or the other. I don't want to I don't want to fuck with that too early. I, you know, I mean, that's a that's a definite possibility. But right now, you know, it's really, you know, she's, you know, in terms of the reluctance on on you know Andrew Wilde's part to to put her into play, you know, I just wanted to create that kind of abrasive relationship between them because quite frankly, they're both fairly abrasive characters. Right. And um, you know, she's no pushover. He's kind of hardcore. I haven't really done much, but that that is probably more of a uh, of a storyline that I'll pursue in the not too distant future with the series of of really you know having Wild and uh, Haley on the stage at the same time and and you know he probably gets in a jam is my guess and she's got to save him and he's probably done something that she thinks is a betrayal I mean that gets into the more soap opery kind of uh, right. storylines right. but you know I think readers and fans would really love that kind of thing so yeah but i like this idea of Publius being like i don't know the a-team or the avengers you know like, yeah yeah uh, but i guess they had the the civil war shield, so, you know, I, it, shield it gets infiltrated <laughs> yeah so there's tropes yeah, for it's, everything it's there's a lot to there's a lot of runway here um sure definitely oh to, yeah to play with so so we'll we'll see I did love the glimpse into the president and former Supreme Court justice at the shooting range. That was a nice lighthearted view into the inner sanctum of yeah. Publius. Yeah. And you recognize that, that former president, correct? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, it wasn't this book, but the one before you had a, a, a quip about doing planks to keep you healthy. Yes. And so I think I have an idea of the Supreme Court justice as well. Yeah, yeah I, I was... In Deep State, that's very clearly, you know, echoed. The former Supreme Court justice in uh, Storm isn't so clearly, you know, it's it's not so clearly based on someone, but you know, the former president is. And I gave it to a, another author whose whose name I won't divulge, but he was like, "How dare you? You know, that's disrespectful." Because I have that little the the little where he where he makes up a word i can't remember which word it is that he makes up and and you know i said dude i am being like completely affectionate 
towards this character. I'm not, it wasn't oh, yeah. meant, and it doesn't come off as any kind of, of ridicule. It's like lighten up. So right. I didn't change a word, obviously. Oh, that's good. Hey, he doubles down on Haley making the shot. So you got to like the guy. Oh, yeah. I love that scene. That was such a fun scene. You're reminding me of all these scenes that I've forgotten in the book, you know, because my head is completely immersed in, in book four. But in yeah, I love that scene yeah, right. where he bets on her. Yeah. 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 Well, this has been great having you. And one more question. The last time we talked to you, you were reading McCloskey's Damascus Station. So first, how'd you like it? And two, what's on the end table right now? What are you what are you reading? Well, let me uh, with David's book. Yeah, I mean, that that book kind of humbles me with its expertise and, and knowledge. Um, I thought it was really a, a great, great book, completely different from the kind of book I'm writing, which is the only the books that I'm writing, which makes it obviously easy to 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 not compare myself to David um, as a writer. But as a reader, I, I thought it was tremendous. And for a first book, it's like, right, kind of kind of amazing. Uh, I just finished uh, Winslow's book, new book, City on Fire. Nice. Which I, I loved. Uh, I'm a big Winslow fan, and and um, uh, I just thought, you know, I love the way that 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 guy, you know, he he writes the kind of book I I love to read. It's just the characters are and the dynamics, the prose is clean, and and you just race through it. But that's not it doesn't mean that it's kind of like typewriting. It's it's real writing, but it's just super easy to to consume that book and then i think i'll read um what's next is petrie's uh the runaway i've had that nice. on my bed stand for a while want to get to very that. good yeah. yeah don Winslow said he's this is it this is his last trilogy and then he's getting out so yeah and i just read uh somewhere on twitter i follow him on twitter he said that the two next books are already written. Yeah, they're already written. Yeah. Oh, was still podcast on him. Yeah. You did an event with him on your book tour. Was that right? Oh, I wish I had done an event with, with Don. <laughs> <To the, laughs> I went to the LA Book Festival at, because ah. he was speaking. I wanted to see him and I wanted to see Jonathan Franzen because I'm a, a big fan of Franzen. Do you know who that is? Got you. My wife read a few of his. Yeah, yeah literary fiction guy. But anyway, Winslow was doing a big speech, big talk, and he's going to be interviewed by Michael Mann, the director, right? And, uh, you know, tremendous director, but had not really prepared to do an interview. He had literally did not prepare. Uh, he had read the book uh, and he and Mann was was not used to being the one asking the questions. Mm -hmm. So Winslow was so stand up. I mean, he he's very good. Don Winslow is a very good speaker, very articulate and, um, you know, engaging, funny, all those things, tells a great story. And and so the the interview of, of Winslow ended up being boiling down to Don Winslow asking Michael Mann, like, Tell us more about that scene between Al Pacino and, and Robert De Niro in, in the in the cafe and heat. And I'm like, I'm pulling the into a hair heat I have out of my head because I, I love that movie, but I wanted to hear about Winslow. And um, so anyway, I had a I had a copy of my book. This was just a couple of weeks ago. It was about four days before 
Storm Rising was going to drop. And um, so I had a copy of the book and I, I messaged David Brown, my my uh, world famous publicist. And I said, do you think it's cheesy if I if I give Don Winslow a copy of my book when I when I take his book to be signed by him after his after his talk? And, Brown, and David gave, you know, his blessing. He said, no, it's fine. You know, I think it'll be fine. So I got in line and I had a copy of his book and a copy of Storm Rising. And and finally, you know, I got it up to him and and he stands when he at these book signings. He stands up for some reason. And his publicist is on the other side of the table, sort of getting the book ready for signing, you know, turn it to the right page and turning the flap in. And, and I give her both books and she's starts to pull out my book. And she she said, do you want Don to sign both books? I go, oh, no, that's that. Not that's my book. I, I wanted to give him that book, and and she is kind of perplexed, and Don Winslow is kind of perplexed, and they're both kind of like, "Who is this weirdo?" And and then I I said uh, he, he had talked about in his talk, he had talked about Mick Gardner, and I, and so to like halfway legitimize myself, I said, "Oh yeah, you know, I wrote this. I you know, I was a screenwriter for thirty years, and and books like yours inspired me to." to, you know, turn into writing novels. And I just wanted to give you my third book. And I said, Meg Gardner was kind enough to blurb it. And he was like, oh, you know, and then he was kind of like, then he was like, kind of like, all right, this guy's not a freak. And, yeah. and then the, the, the publicist turned it to the title page, you know, and she said, oh, Emily Bessler books. Oh, and so yeah. Yeah, they like, <laughs> I know David Brown. That's all you had to say. Yeah. So anyway, he was very kind and, you know, but uh, I don't know. I, I I don't know if my book ended up like at the bottom of his publicist book bag or not. But Don, if you if you're watching the podcast, <laughs> listening to podcasts, please uh, read the book. Speaking of the physical book, though, all you had to do was show him the cover and that would right? catch your eye. Your covers yeah. have been knockouts. Yeah, I very love that good. cover. I really do. I I lobbied for a cover like that and was very pleased with what the good folks at Atria came up with. Really came out great. Yeah, I mean, Deep State, I love the two tones of it, the dark mm -hmm. nature, but this one is bright. I don't know if that's an explosion or just a sunrise or a sunset. It's yeah. the lake on fire. So many elements from the story do you are see captured the capital, here. Do you see the Capitol building and the letter I there? And the right... Oh, oh, didn't even catch that, Mike. Oh, and we on the Thriller podcast, we like to pick up on these details, but no, that's a little that's a little Easter egg for you boys. Oh, baby, that brings it to a whole nother level. <laughs> it's a great it's a great cover. I, you know, they're, the Atria is going to reissue all the books uh, instead of, you know, my so far, both Deep State and Savage Rogue were reissued as came out as mass market paperbacks so going forward storm rising is going to come out as a trade paper and then but before that they're going to reissue deep state and savage road also as as trade paperbacks you know bigger better paper better cover and yeah. and i'm i'm all, all but positive that they will sort of redo all the jackets to kind of conform with what because I also like the the cover the cover of Insurrection Day, which obviously is just an ebook, but right. the cover is is much more in line with the cover for for uh, Storm Rising. 
yeah, usually they redesign the whole line when they yeah. do that. And yeah. they usually look like they're a set, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. Yeah. So that's what I'm hoping that we can unify because Deep State was so different from Savage Road. And right. It was. So hopefully it can all start to kind of look all the same. I'm mesmerized by this Capitol cool, building man. here. Yeah. It, uh, that's a twist, like getting to the last, you know, 10% of one of your books is a twist. Yeah. Well, I like to bring a little extra to the podcast. You know, I, I know you guys are experts and all, but I like to oh, hit you with we're, a little... We're masquerading as experts. That's for sure. You're the expert. <laughs> we do a good job then pretending. Well, right, one well. last thing I have to say to you is another big thank you. Last time we had you on... I don't know if you recall, but I told you how Deep State and Savage Road got my dad through his COVID recovery. Well, he sent me a copy of Storm Rising, had it on pre-order. He got one mm -hmm. for himself, and he's saving it until next week or two when he's recovering from his knee replacement. So, oh, again, wow. you are helping him through some dark times, and it is much appreciated you giving these stories not just to the world but also to my family. So well, thanks well, for I what like you do. That. You know, honestly, Mike, I'd I'd love to send him a, a sign and inscribed um, copy of the book, and he can gift. You know, I, I'm glad that he purchased the book and pre-ordered and all that stuff. So have him um, do whatever he wants. He can read it or whatever. I'll, I'll, I'll but I'll pop a, a, a sign and inscribed copy because uh, he's 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 sounds like a great dude, and I like him to have a signed copy. Again, That's too awesome. generous. Thank yeah, you. And, and just remind me of of your dad's name, and I'd love sure to thing. Do that. Yeah, yeah, I'll shoot it out to you. Sure thing. Awesome. Sure thing. Yeah, yeah. Love thank to you. hear what he thinks. Cool. cool. I'm really flattered by your guys' enthusiasm. I really, really appreciate it, and and super excited about Chris Hottie Month. So uh, keep yeah. me posted. Four Whatever. part series. Yeah, I, I I know I wasn't on the I wasn't on the pod when you were talking about Savage Road, or I guess you were talking about Insurrection Day, right, Mike? Yeah, um, Insurrection Day. Yeah. And we haven't you really talked about deep state, but when I read deep state and I guess it's because I, Mike didn't tell me, I didn't know you were a screenwriter until halfway through the book when Mike told me you were a screenwriter mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden it clicks. And I, right. I like started to pick up, Oh, I'm getting the vibe of like, you know, he's imbibing his background into his writing style. It definitely leads to just this propulsiveness. Like I, like I said, I started storm rising yesterday, I don't know, noon. And then I, I listened to it in less than, you know, and I, I know it took what took me 24 hours, which is not that long. I consider I listened to it on two times speed, but you know, I have mm -hmm. four kids. So for me, that was, that was a feat. And I even shocked Mike that I had finished it before him. So I didn't think you'd be done for the interview. And must, <laughs> like you don't put a book down. You must not have put your ear pod down. No, I had, I had, I had my AirPod in all day doing work because I, I could, nice. I needed to know, I needed to know what was happening. So yeah. Did, I, you, like I love... the, did you like the reader, the narrator for? Yeah. I was, I, I guess I'm going to ask you about that. It changed, I, right? It changed. Yeah, she's, she's new from, we had someone else for the first two books. Yeah. So you had someone who was like, uh, she was, I remember her from Homeland and I actually, yeah. I, I liked her and I guess so. She did a, an accent for Haley, whereas right. um, the the new one does does not put that accent on there. And I, I don't know. I I like both, but I, yeah. I really she was she was really engaging. I I don't recall her name right now. Well, my but. girlfriend, uh, it's Lisa Flanagan, if I'm pronouncing that mm. right. Um, yes, yes. My girlfriend consumes audiobooks and and lots of them. And uh, when I was, you know, offered, I. I think uh, Marin Ireland was either had gotten too expensive or unavailable for for Storm. Uh, they sent me five or six or maybe eight different ideas, and and I went through them with my girlfriend, and 
And she really thought that, that that Lisa did, you know, her voice, listening to samples of her other books, was the, the gal to go with. And, and now uh, Lauren is halfway through the book and she just, you know, totally loves the new reader. So it seems like it's a good, good selection. Yeah, I thought yeah, she was great. I really loved uh, that first reader, too. Cool. Yeah, so did I. They're all good. Right. If they're reading yeah. my stuff. I got to love them. There were a few books yeah, where George Goodell didn't do a Mitch rap. So, you know, it's up and down. Right, right, right. All right, guys, all right. let's pass your bedtime. So, right. Anytime. Yes, thank you very much, Chris. You know, if, uh, you know let's go for the three, Pete. I'm, I'm all. Let's I'm do all, it. The hat trick. I'm ready. Cool. Yeah, well, I really appreciate your support. Truly yep. do. All yeah, right, guys. Awesome. All right. Good see night. you. Good night. Good night.